Welcome to the WREL Daily Download. I'm Jack Hagel. North Carolina school districts are grappling with a teacher shortage. Educators have increasingly left the profession tired of bigger workloads, unruly students, dissatisfied parents, and small raises. So school districts are scouring the globe to attract new teachers. They're traveling across the United States and even abroad. WREL Education Insider Emily Walkenhorst recently reported on their efforts, and she joins us now. Emily, welcome. Great to be here. You and our colleague Sarah Kruger recently reported on teacher recruitment efforts, but I want to start the discussion with teacher retention. Why are they leaving, and what does the pool of prospects look like? So teachers are leaving um, in higher numbers on top of some of that natural attrition, retirement age or an international teacher's visa expiring. Um, A lot of teachers are saying they felt ineffective. They felt overworked. They felt burned out. They didn't feel like they had the support of administration. Perhaps students, um, you know, didn't behave the best and they felt they weren't really able to do anything about it. Or if they were, they weren't really making much of a difference. There's just a lot of stress associated with why some of these teachers uh, are leaving, at least according to what they have told us. Um, So it just seems like people are reaching a breaking point and quitting. So teachers are leaving at a faster rate. What's changed? Hasn't teaching always been a difficult job? So, you know, I've talked to some longer term teachers as well, and teaching has always been a difficult job. But what we're hearing is they're working even more hours at school. There are more meetings and more requirements and more paperwork that they have to fill out. And on top of that, the, some things have changed as far as the school climate. Um, you know, student behavior seems to have gotten worse over the years, not just since the pandemic, but even before that. Um, and the way that that's being handled is also changing a little bit. Some teachers think that, you know, they're, they don't have as much freedom to discipline, but even when they do, You know, increasingly a parent might complain about it. You know, 20 years ago, a parent might have been like, oh, I can't believe my child acted that way. And some parents still, you know, react to hearing those things. But increasingly I'm hearing, um, you know, a parent refuses to accept that their child made a mistake or administration um, really defers to the parents' uh, feelings versus the teachers. That's not necessarily happening at every school, but that is something that you do hear from a lot of teachers, that some things are just piling up. Some of the stresses that have always been around are multiplying. And pay is a factor too, right? So pay hasn't kept up with inflation in North Carolina. And yes, inflation has been you know significant in the past two years, but even before that, it was not always keeping up. And you report that all of these problems, this constellation of challenges, is also affecting the pipeline, right? So it's, you know, the reputation of a job, right? How difficult people perceive it to be from the outside, how much money people perceive teachers to make from the outside can make a difference in terms of whether people would choose to pursue that that field. Other things that have happened is you have to remember there have been all kinds of efforts in recent years to encourage, you know, people to pursue more STEM careers, you know, get especially women who are predominantly teachers um, in the last half century, are being pushed to more STEM fields. So you have a lot of people who are just looking at what's out there and what they believe they can do and want to do and just choosing other professions. So naturally, if districts can't find teachers locally, then they expand their search. Where are they going? They're going all over the place. 
Um, so, you know, it's it was not necessarily uncommon to go to Virginia to recruit teachers, but now they're going to Ohio. They're going to Pennsylvania. They're going to New York. They're going a lot farther north more frequently because in some of those northern states, their teachers' colleges are still fairly robust in terms of how many graduates they produce versus how many openings they have in a given year. Um, and so, you know, that's prime recruiting ground. And so they're making a lot of trips pretty far away to spread the word about, you know, uh, even small school districts. It's not just Wake County who's making those big trips. It's more rural school districts who are also traveling hundreds of miles just to find a teacher. They're also going globally. Um, you know, there are organizations located in North Carolina that recruit international teachers. And so some of those um, school districts will travel with those organizations to other countries to recruit people who are already trained teachers in, let's say, Jamaica or the Philippines. Um, and then, you know, just seeing if they can come back with some people who want to teach in the United States. And these recruiters aren't just expanding their geography, right? They're looking to other professions. Yes. So um, they're increasingly looking at trying to get people who are already full-time employees in other industries or people who are in between jobs and trying to convince them that maybe teaching is something they should try out. This is something that I hear from school districts all across North Carolina that they're looking at converting people who are unhappy with their current job and trying to get them to be teachers or people who just graduated college, maybe, you know, a psychology major at NC State. They're going to a job fair for those majors and, you know, they're saying, hey, do you have a job lined up after college? Maybe you should try being a teacher. And so they're trying to recruit some of those people. Now, there still is a process for those teachers to need training over the years. Um, you know, when they come in, they still need to take a few classes and things like that. But they can be teachers basically right away. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear more about the state's efforts to lure international teachers and how technology is providing a stopgap in the shortage. Stick around. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the WRL Daily Download. We're talking with WRL Education Insider Emily Walkenhorst about North Carolina's teacher recruitment efforts. Emily, you had a chance to meet with a recruiter in Granville County. I'm curious what her day-to-day is like these days. Yes, so I met with Angela Cogdell. She is a recruiter um, across all of Granville County schools, and she just moves at a fast pace. She is just always looking for any opportunity to recruit a teacher. So she told me about, you know, she'll go to a high school football game and, you know, maybe she'll just be chatting and get to know all these strangers around her and she'll find somebody is looking for a job and she'll say, hey, you should become a teacher in Granville County School. She's kind of one of those people who's always handing out her business card. She's always on the move trying to get people to be teachers. And does she have any luck? 
She does. Um, so I gave that football example um, because she met uh, an ECU student uh, who uh, was about to graduate. Well, she was going to graduate in the spring. And she was like, hey, you should come, you know, just come as soon as you graduate in May and you can work for a few weeks because um, we're going to have an elementary school opening that's probably not filled by a permanent person. So you could get a job your first day. Before the break, you mentioned that North Carolina school districts are going outside the U.S. to find educators. Tell us about that. The state's been pretty aggressive there, right? Yes. So the state has been very aggressive for quite a while on this. Um, Just about 10 years ago or so, um, you know, they started this initiative to recruit a lot of international teachers. And at first it was really about expanding global education programs. You know, businesses and education leaders in North Carolina had come together and they said, you know, we really need to um, make sure our students are global ready. Um, they, maybe they know another language or something like that because they might end up getting a job and, you know, realizing there are a lot of valuable skills in being more culturally aware across the globe um, and knowing another language. But really what we're hearing from a lot of school systems is they're also recruiting internationally because they just need to fill some spots. So not all of these teachers are going to global magnet schools. Some are just going to a, a typical school. And as a part of the program, they have to do some kind of cultural exchange. You know, if they're a teacher from the Philippines, you know, maybe they'll do, um, you know, some projects in a class that help them, you know, talk about the Philippines or educate students about the Philippines. So there still is always a global element to that. Um, but there are a lot of job openings and they're increasingly being filled by international teachers. You also report that technology is playing a novel role in solving the teacher shortage. Tell us about that. So something that's expanding in North Carolina and even nationwide are companies that have teachers uh, on, con uh, on staff. And what they do is they just beam them into schools. They are virtual teachers. So maybe the teacher lives in Chicago um, and, you know, they're told, hey, you know, this science class has these periods in North Carolina uh, every day. We're going to assign you to it. So the teacher still lives in Chicago, but basically she just does a vir does virtual lessons. And often the way that works is, um, you know, the students are all there in person. There's, you know, maybe a teaching assistant or a volunteer or somebody in that classroom. And um, the students are all there watching the teacher. And um, basically the teacher can hear the students when she like turns or he or she turns that that microphone on and they can interact and ask questions. There's a chat where the students can ask. And so it's it's basically a virtual class post-COVID, but kind of inverse. You know, the teacher is virtual and the students are in person. Is the state anywhere near solving this problem? So you have to remember that this is not just a North Carolina problem. This is a broader problem. Um, the state has worked on some things that they really thought they could help. Um, you know, about a year ago or even earlier this year, they were really talking about a new plan to license teachers. And not a lot of teachers really loved that plan that was being floated around at the time. But some things in it, you know, really were meant to address a lot of the things that are stressing out teachers. It was going to drastically raise, um, you know, first year teacher pay and then everybody was going to earn 
a bump every so many years um, that they continued to teach. And it was just going to drastically transform teacher pay. It was also going to provide more teachers earning even more money who can facilitate instruction throughout the school. And they can provide more observations for teachers. Um, They'd be available to do pullout lessons and things that teachers currently have to kind of do themselves. They have to teach, you know, one or two students at a time, but also teach the rest of the students who are in the class and they're the only adult in the room. And in theory, um, you know, having more teachers on staff can maybe make some of those things easier. And so that, that was really meant to transform the teaching profession. It wasn't necessarily popular among teachers because of the, some, some of the requirements built in there about performance metrics. Um, and, and the proposal ultimately hasn't made any headway in the state legislature. Well, however this develops, we know that you'll be keeping a close eye on it and writing about it. Thanks, Emily. Absolutely. Good to be here. That's WRL Education Insider Emily Walkenhorst. For her comprehensive story on teacher recruitment in North Carolina, visit WRL.com slash education. I'm Jack Hagel. Thanks for joining us and thanks for listening to the WRL Daily Download and for making us part of your morning routine. Another great way to get WRL news is the Morning Briefing Newsletter. It's a daily email with triangle news, events, and headlines to help you get ready for the day. Sign up at WRL.com slash newsletter. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.